This is To The Point. A rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, what's up to the point listeners? It's your boy, Chris. Back for another exciting episode with a longtime friend, uh, first guest on the podcast, been on many times. A lot of times people just say, hey, is, is this his podcast and not yours? And that friend is Mr. Ken Goodrich. Ken, welcome into the new studio. Thanks, man. You, you got to check out the new Rhino office. Is it K- KG approved? I think it looks awesome. And, and I'm, I'm proud that you uh, prescribed to the, to the office setup as I always have, which is let's make a beautiful place for our employees to work and motivate them and make them feel valued and, you know, make them come in and give their best. So even all of our HVAC shops, which are traditionally kind of warehouses and, mm-hmm. and offices, we try to decorate up so people feel good in their environment. Yeah. So, cause that's like the energy matters, right? What they want to be proud of the place they're coming to work. That was what we took in, in the consideration, putting this place together. Remember it took us like two years to get in, in here in the first place, but looks great. looks like you've already outgrown it though. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that's a good problem, right? Hey, listen, here's what I say. <laughs> Always buy two to three times bigger than you need. Cause we've outgrown everything we've ever moved into for decades, but you know, Better start making a deal with a guy next door. <laughs> Noted. Well, we've tried to do our best in making it work. Listen, these are all good problems to have, but I was excited to have you in here, man, because you've not been in. And, and one of the first thing I said to, to Kim when he walked in, because I, I can't remember what I saw you when I saw you last, um, where we were at, but when Kim walks in the door, he's looking all jacked up, his veins are popping out of his arms. And I said, you did, you did push-ups before you came out here, man. Don't, don't lie to me. You're looking good, dude. Thanks, man. I've been working on it. Still cranking away on it, huh? Yeah. Well, um, one, for all of our listeners, you know, don't know, I mean, Ken Goodrich is now uh, no no longer the CEO of Gettle, now chairman. We'll talk, we'll get to that part of it, but been on the podcast multiple times. Always these episodes are are great. And uh, the last time that that Ken and I did one was at the uh, ACA conference, and we did it. It was the best of the or best or clash of the West Coast Titans with him and Frank DeMarco, which is one of the most popular episodes to date we've we've ever had. And it was a, I think the best. It was probably your best episode that we've we've done. You're on a different level then. Oh really? I thought you did a really good job on that oh, one. Nice. And the first question I asked you. Hey Ken, what do what does Frank do or what does Service Champions do better <laughs> than you? And you just glided right into a beautifully crafted answer. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, uh, I've always tried to study my competition and look at the different business models and pay attention to it because there's not just one way to do it. Right. So, you know, I just, from day one, I watched how people did it, compare contrast and, and try to figure out the pros and cons of their model versus mine. And sometimes I have good takeaways and I end up to my business. So yeah, I, I pay attention to everybody's business model. That's for sure. So you're constantly a student still. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. That's weird. So real quick before we get into this too, for anybody listening, um, Pantheon will be coming up in a, in a few weeks and both Ken and I are speaking at Pantheon and um, I am at nine o'clock on the 12th in the morning and Ken is joining me for, for that. And then you are with Tom Howard on the 13th, I believe at 1045 AM. So um, if anybody's going to Pantheon, be sure to go to check out those breakouts because you know they're going to be fire. Um, Ken always puts on a good show at these things. And, you know, since he's always a student, you should be a student to go and learn from. Yeah, I'm looking forward to speak with Tom, a uh, bright guy. And, you know, we have a lot of uh, common experiences. And, you know, I can, you know, search back into some uh, strategies that we used, you know, back in the day. He can add the color of today's version of that. I think it's going to be a great event. Yeah. I mean, Tom Sharp too. So, yeah. um, that'll be a good one. So I'll be sitting in on that one. So, but you're going to impress me. Oh, good. Impress me. I knew you were really concerned about that. So I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I will, let's segue into that too. Like what's up with that, man? You got a, is it weird to say, to hear you got a promotion? You got a prom. It's weird to think that I have a boss now. Well, I guess I've always had Anna, but like I have a, I have a boss I have to report to. So that's something new for me, but you got a you got a promo, dude. You're the now the chairman. Like, what's the scoop there? What's going on? Well, um, you know, it's I guess it's the logical order of things, and I'm very, actually very proud that I was able to build a business 
such that I could put put the right players together, put the right capital together and get a higher caliber management team than myself or more experience to add some new nuances to the business and new experience to the business. And, you know, I think this should be every entrepreneur's dream is to be the chairman founder of an enterprise with a first class management team leading that way. And in my particular case here, you know, I'll still keep my hands on M&A and then, uh, innovation stuff as I see fit, you know, things that we can add in the business tech stuff or different ways of doing things or adding different services to the business. I'll be looking in on that and just, you know, overall, you know, be the answer man, like what's your experience here or there? So and I really think that's what every entrepreneur dreams of is to get to build a business of that scale to where you can have these accomplished high-end uh, people leading it for you. And you're just at a higher level, just guiding the course of the ship. Well, and what's cool, I think that um, that I've been able to see for you is just the amount of like personal time that you've gotten from back from it too, and you and get to spend you know time with Wendy and up in Tahoe and doing all like you're living, dude. Like that that's li- like things are things are clicking. I'd say things are going pretty good right now. Yeah, for it's you. nice. It's nice. I mean, you know. And you do a lot of reflection. I mean, all of us here, I'm sure most of the listeners here know what it's like running a business because it can completely consume you if you're not careful. And, uh, you know, gives you a lot of time to reflect and think about what it could have, should have, and, you know, how you, how I'm going to really lead the rest, you know, the next 30, 40 years of my life. So you mentioned a couple of things just about some of the really um, intelligent. Like that, like that 30, 40. Yeah, right. I just blew right past it because it was such bullshit. Um, but <laughs> do you guys see that? Ken Gerber is just laughing and smiling. You see that? See, it is. He does it. You've been doing that so much more lately. I love it. Uh, but you were talking about like uh, just having really like really smart and good leadership, which uh, which is something we've talked about before. Um, and something I'll, I'll bring up in my um, Pantheon presentation is around, um, having like having really good leaders, like or having good players. Sometimes you don't have to just add more people. You just need to add, you know, better people, better, better leaders, better team, you know, or better players. So, um, you have some new team members, like are, what, what's, you have some good leadership in place. I, I know that you are an advocate for not always, you know, for bringing people from outside the industry in that are, have different credibility. Like what's, what's the leadership team look like now? Like, do you feel like you've got this dream team put together that you have, you know, doing, you know, leading the bit, like what's the, did you help put it together? Has there been like a, 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 like, how did you, how did you get here with this team that you're like super excited about this leadership team? Well, our partners at Cortec, you know, they're very experienced with, know, uh, fortifying management teams and they know where to go and find these kind of people and attract them to the business. Obviously, when you are partnered with a, you know, uh, top tier PE firm, attracting talents a lot easier than it was when I was on my own, right? Uh, but we went out and re- did a recruit and found Jake Grass, um, who's going to take over or took over as CEO just recently. And he's been with us for a year now uh, as president, and he kind of got his feet wet and understanding which direction the business is going. But it's interesting because he just comes at it a completely different perspective. I've learned a ton of from him myself in the last year because I'm a constant learner. But uh, on, you know, okay, what are the missing pieces and parts of this machine I've built? And he could have identified it immediately, things that I wasn't even aware that existed or or would help us. And so he went and put uh, some plans together and started executing on those plans. And, you know, now the, the, the team and the, the overall business system is really getting stronger and more fortified and really getting prepared to do another growth spurt. So are you, I mean, do, do you feel like you, well, I guess maybe where I'm going to go, this is, was it easier to let go of that than you thought it would be after all this time of being the leader? You know, I had some angst uh, uh, when we started talking about it, but, you know, we, we talked about it before Cortec invested in the business. You know, it's a logical order of things, like I said earlier, and, you know, I'm 60s or 61. And so at the end of the day, we go to exit again, you know, they're going to want to see a, 
a management team with some more years or less years on them, less wear and tear maybe. Uh, and, I, and also, look, I have ran this business much like a chairman for the last 25 years, really. I mean, I, I've been good at putting management teams in place and let them do their job. And I'm kind of staying at a 30,000 foot level and kind of directing where we want to go. And, and uh, so it's really not much of a change from how I've operated in the past. You know, I'm, you know, I, I would say that kind of like what we talked about earlier, uh, on the business model, like I'm a student of the industry, I'm a student of business, and I'm trying to find different techniques and strategies that we can implement to make my machine better. And that's what I'm doing instead of the day-to-day -day routines of meetings. Blocking and, and tackling. Yeah, blocking yeah. and tackling. So that's, and really that's how I've done it, like I said, for decades. So, so I'm not, I don't, you know, I'm, I, I you know, I had a moment of, <laughs> What am I going to do? And then I said, well, I, I've always been like this. So same deal. Just different title. Yeah. Got it. So, well, that's good news. Um, because I wondered about that just on, I mean, I mean, I, I, at a different level, I ran the business for 15 years and now I can't just make whatever decision I want to make trying to, it doesn't quite work that way. So, but, I, but I've adjusted it in, uh, the CEO of Everservice. um, was the COO at GoDaddy, uh, very intelligent engineer, like engineer with a good personality. Um, and he teaches me a ton, which is cool. So like I'm learning a, a lot from him in uh, our weekly meetings. So, but it's been fun just to kind of learn and do something new and different for me. Um, well, I've had six transactions in my career so far. Four of them were with, uh, with firms that, um, you know, where I had someone to report to, right? And here's how I looked at it. Certainly at your, your age now, I learned, I picked up some of my biggest chunks of learning and, uh, you know, extra swords in those experiences. So I think you're doing the absolutely right thing. You would never pick up some of this stuff that you're learning right now. Otherwise, if you just operate on your own and, and remember, you know, I'm a student of Michael Gerber and the E-Myth and, he preaches that a business is not you. It's that's not you. It's not your life. It's something you own. And so now you get to this place where you got a, you have financial backers, you have a A plus leadership team, executive leadership team. Now I can stand back and that's something I own. That's an asset that I own. And I'm kind of shepherd and make sure that it's going to pay one day, but I think that's how everybody should start looking at their businesses and don't get, try to distance yourself from the day-to-day -day activity, build a, a, a systematic business to where you have a machine that creates revenues and profits for you. Yep. I mean, and you, you've done that. And, and what's cool is that you, I mean, even when you had the thousand day plan, you know, and you execute on the thousand day plan, you got that thing to the goal line, everybody celebrated and that's cool. Most people could have just been like, Cool done, job, well done. I'm out of here, but but not you. You decide to, to to keep her rolling and keep going, which is a typical KG thing to do right now. But you I, you got left somewhat in the tank. You still want to keep going. Yeah, I just love the game. I love the game. I, every time I see something like, damn, I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have done that. <laughs> and uh, you know, I I take copious notes. I'm always writing down the things I see, and and I just want to kind of get take these things I'm learning lately and see if I can put them in effect in another investment. Got it. So um, actually there's some of this that um, I want to talk about just from your experience and it is around you've built, you've built this great team. You have, you've had this great company um, who knows how to block and tackle like the best blockers and tacklers. You can execute well, you have all the right pieces in, in place. And so when we're looking into like just the future of our business and, and you, you bring up uh, Michael Gerber, Michael E. Gerber uh, on, we just, we, a few, few weeks ago, we launched our, we re, we relaunched our old podcast that you, me and him did in the studio. I remember I, I texted that over to you, right? So, which is cool because all that stuff is still absolutely relevant today. And there's still plenty of businesses that just should go back to like maybe working on the fundamentals, the basics, the processes, and just doing that can kind of help you for, you know, the 
um, future of their business, no, no matter whether um, it's a good market or bad market, don't matter, the fundamentals. So you still are like chipping away at that. It's just a different, different scale. It's a different scale. There's new technology. There's all kinds of uh, uh, certainly different ways to look at it that I've learned now. And I think that, um, you know, my next venture is going to, my next get venture is going to include all these new things I've learned and with the, you know, with the goal of overachieving my last deal. Are you allowed to share or can you share maybe some of the things that you're thinking about doing? Are you allowed to do that? <laughs> I think I'll keep it myself, but, but, okay, for, but right now, right now I, I pulled a team together and we're working on a, a new uh, roll up. I guess they call them a build up right now. And, but we're approaching it different. Well, I don't want to say different. I say better because the, the, you know, the, the last four that I've done, I approached it as I've described to you on the podcast, I would take uh, Gerber's seven centers of management attention. We would create the, the fundamental business systems or processes inside those seven centers that we knew, okay, this is going to get up, get us up and going. And then, uh, you know, we can start day one process oriented and with a business system. Right. And so I've approached it that way and we're approaching it that way this time, just kind of on steroids, I'd say, because, you know, we've learned so much in the last, certainly in the last five years with, uh, with all this PE activity and such. So, you know, we're coming in with some greater research, market research and understanding which is the right market to go to and how to approach it and who your competitors are, things like that. Things I never really considered because, um, I didn't care about the competition necessarily. And then, uh, uh, you know, really digging into the tech stack. Like we're, before we even start, we're going to have our tech stack completely laid out and, uh, you know, create a tech enabled business model. So the day that we walk in everywhere from customer interest to, to the sale, to all the accounting is linked and, and connected. And there's not this learning curve. And, and, uh, as we start to onboard our people, They'll be trained on the system, much like McDonald's would, right? So I think, you know, I have, now I have the time, I have the wherewithal, I have the, the backers um, that we can really start with a very robust business system. And then as we acquire the companies, they'll melt right into the system immediately with, with our integration process and we're off to the races, you know. A lot of times, us entrepreneurs, what we do, one, we're limited capital, we're no, limited knowledge, and we make it up as we go. Yeah. And, and our processes are created out of fires, right? Mm -hmm. Frustration. Matter of fact, Gerber calls it the key frustration list, right? You know, every, every week, what are we frustrated about? Let's start working on those things. Well, now I think we got to the point where we can identify a lot of them and get them knocked out before we even turn the key the first day. So you had... Uh Complete clarity on the vision, and you've got complete clarity on the execution. I do. And then, and by the way, this is nothing more than I'm doing what I've coached so many people to do on our industry. Like before, the first thing we're doing in this new venture is building a school. Number one, we have a school before we start. We start training people before we open the first day. So you're working backwards in what you normally would from the beginning. You're usually kind of going out and selling and then figuring shit out along the way. Yeah. You're kind of working it backwards. Yeah. So we'll have the school, we'll have the training, we'll have the, the uh, branding put together. We'll have our culture system. We'll have all the key fundamentals met. And then as we go, we'll tweak them and grow. But I think uh, it's going to really uh, supercharge our growth rates. Um, we share by the way, this is, and by the way, this is how everybody, I believe, going in business should think about it. I've talked to so many guys lately who uh, are just getting into the business. And I say, please do yourself a favor. Before you, before, you, um, before you even commit to start your business, go get in a best practice group first. Spend a year there. Absorb the material. Understand it, how it works. Get, gain some contacts take that, that training material and make it yours as your operations manual before you start. Because man, it's so hard to do while your hair is on fire every day. Yep. So, you know, go slow to go fast. Yep. Gotcha. Cool. Well, I'm excited. Will you tell me off air what it is? 
What's that? Will you tell me off air what it is? <laughs> no. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> it's worth the push. Well, whatever it is, I'm sure it's going to be successful. I'm excited to see it all unfold for you. Um, you know what? Well, 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 let me say this one last thing. I'll get off this topic. But, you know, I responded to a Facebook post yesterday, and, and I said that the, you know, the artwork of the entrepreneur is the enterprise he or she creates. Right? That's our art. And the, to the extent that your art positively affects people, that will dictate the value of your art, right? Okay. I'm getting really profound. Oh, hanging out in Tahoe, right? Keep going. So, so as an entrepreneur, now I've got some more tools to create my art with. And I, I'm very excited. And I'm more excited about just building the machine than, uh, you know, the, the money. Because I know the money will come now. Got it. SmartAC.com. SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. So then um, let me ask a just a, a question thinking into the future. The last few podcasts that I've I've done or that, I, that we've rolled out over the say the past month or so has been around this uh, buzz of a unstable market. I'm not going to say recession, none of those things. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying unstable. Here's what I mean think by unstable. De demand is the overall demand is down. Um, not everywhere, but most everywhere. Would you agree? Yes. Okay. So are you worried about it? No. So, which is exactly what I would expect you to say. So, you've not been, it's not like you've not experienced something like this before. And you've made it through this before, just like many others have. So, when I look at a market where the demand, overall demand is down, that's when I started to, to roll out these episodes on just looking internally. Like, just tightening the ship on the things you've got going, making sure that, your CSRs are, you know, booking because every call, every call counts. So people were like, we're busting my balls a little bit about the saying, um, oh, you're just, you know, putting it out there. The demand, you know, overall demand is down. Well, no, I'm not making that up. I'm like, I'm trying to offer other solutions that I, that I don't even do because this is what the best do. Then they start to look and focus on, well, what can I start to continue like work on in my business? If I can't control something else, I can control that. What can I work on in my business? So we started pushing out an, an episode on answering services and um, we brought in the new guy that leads Nexa, who was fantastic for him. And he's been doing a great job with a lot of our customers. You guys are using him, I think for outbounding. Um, I'm loving what they're doing because you know, for that forever, that's been a mess and answering services have been a mess. So it's nice to finally start seeing some solution. And that's a big deal. Making sure your CSRs know how to answer phones, overcome objections, like all these little things that you can do. Um, I refer the reason I launched, I relaunched our podcast with Michael E. Gerber was to bring them back to the basics, the fundamentals, the processes of the business. So it fit right into this whole unstable market narrative. But what I really want you to hear me say is, did you hear Ken say he was worried? And the answer was no. So you've got a plan on how to continue to push through. Everybody else can worry. Worrying doesn't do you any good. Was so you aren't concerned about this going into this market. People might, people will say, or some people might say, well, it's because Ken doesn't need to worry. Ken's you know, already successful and he's already got money and he's already got this big company. And he's got problems. I'm telling you, if Ken didn't have that, he still wouldn't be worried. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. I but mean, why? look, I've been through the Gulf War. <laughs> I've been through 9-11. I've been through, you know, 2008, 9 and 10. <laughs> I've been through COVID. I mean, there's and, and a lot more to mention where we've had challenges. And mm -hmm. I just keep putting my head down. And just like you said, like there's so many, you just got to go digging through the loose, digging through the couch and pick up the loose change in your business, right? And there's, sometimes that is the tactic, right? Yeah, like that, is, that is the tactic. Yeah, that is a tactic. That is the tactic. 
you know, also looking at alternate services for your customers. Not that you, not that you want to really go out and start a new trade, but you know, you know, HVAC. There's many, many things that you can go that would help a you know make a, com- a cu- customer's home more comfortable. Uh, that doesn't require selling them a twenty thousand dollar thing, right? right? Yeah, and so I mean, because that's what you're still trying to do is make sure that if nothing else, customer service your memberships to death. Make, figure out, you know, new things because they don't know if you don't tell them. Like there's some things that, that we offer for comfort. You know, maybe it's the way that you are, like maybe it's your own messaging, like the how you how you talk about your business. Like maybe it's your, it's time for you to get your brand right because that's never been more important than it is right now. And you got to rip the bandaid off at some point in time. Like it's never going to get better if you didn't do anything about it. So sometimes it's just looking inward. And it's starting to chip away at those things. And I promise you, there's plenty there to keep you busy to get you through it. But speaking but, on it, let me ask that from a marketing, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, finish what you're saying. No, no, no. Okay. From a marketing perspective, though, the way I see it is now we have scaled operations, more sophisticated owners, more sophisticated leadership teams, all fighting for the same lead now, driving up the cost. And, um, all leaning into digital. I mean, the PE guys are data guys, right? They just, they just love that data. Yep. And I understand it's important. It's the key to, to running a great business. The twist to it has to be though, you better have a great brand. If you're going to stand out in front of the crowd and all this sophisticated, aggressive competition that's out there now. You really got to stand out. You got to have a great brand story and you need to pitch that brand story and you need to connect with your connect with your community on a human level if you want to compete in these kind of times. What do you think? Yeah, what is, what is it that uh, Roy Williams says? If you win the heart, the mind will create the logic to follow or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's so, it's so true. But yeah, you have to do something to make yourself stand out. And, and right now, even more so than before like it, you got easy in 21 and 22 uh so but now's the perfect time to do it because you have all these social platforms to flirt with these things that are very low risk like you might you might be concerned on i don't want to create this video that's got this humor in it thinking it's going to affect you negatively i promise you it's not going to have big enough reach to affect you negatively when you're just getting started but try all the new things <clears throat> like short form videos so it's so big right whether it be TikTok or the Facebook, you know, short or uh, YouTube shorts, real Instagram reels, Facebook stories, all these things uh, are things that you can play with now. Like you, you might be saying that we're doing, we're doing more of these things because I have so many conversations and I'm just like pumping stuff out now. It's educational or entertaining or whatever, but now is the time to do that, to get out there. But you said one thing too, about um, getting hyper-focused on your community. You're talking about community. Um it could even be your neighborhood if that's where you're at. Like own that thing, hyper-focus on your neighborhood or at least your community. And don't just throw like the 250 bucks at the little league team, you know, and then do, do nothing with it. Maybe go do something about it because then that shows the heart of the business. And like Roy says, you win the heart, you know, the brain will create the logic, but that makes them think of you when it's time to do those things. Because so even though maybe demand is low, it's not gone. It's just low and you got to be willing to fight for it to your point the things that we're battling right now are from a digital marketing perspective is there's not only is demand low, there's far more people spending money on it than ever before. Right now, contractors spending money on it. And in some instances, far more money than ever before. So it's like, and mother nature hasn't been very helpful with the exception of July in our market, which was very helpful. So it's like the perfect shit storm, you know, for, people. So that's why I just decided to shift my narrative to say, I mean, I feel it. I got 700 and some odd contractors. Like I feel it and it's a battle, but we're still in like a single digit percentage on churn because we are fighting our asses off to go and get all the little things for them, but also bringing, you know, valuable things like this. I don't do these things. I brought on Nexit because they did good for my customers. And if you can get that after hours answering lead or the overflow leads booked and they do a good job of it, uh, to me, it's a win too because I need them to keep growing so they can keep paying me. So it's like golf, and not that I'm a golf authority by any stretch of imagination, <laughs> but I know this: the golf game is won with the putt, right? That's where you win. 
you know, we can go out and, you know, high five all the time. We're selling a bunch of units and, you know, we're selling this, selling that. We're making some good second, third shots. It's the putt. So right now, you know, be great putters. Find all the, find the, find your wins in those last couple shots. Make sense? Yeah, except I suck at golf too. So I do too. it's hard to relate. But every once in a while, I get a good shot. And that's what keeps you coming back. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're going and playing golf in Tahoe, it's a pretty good time, you know, because it's beautiful. Doesn't suck. <laughs> it does not suck. So I'll be waiting for my invitation. Thank you. And just make sure there's a little chocolate on my pillow when I get to the house. I appreciate that. Right. So so here's what I want to do. Um, one is uh, I hate that you dangled the carrot in front of me about this new business venture and you're not telling me. That bugs me. Um, because now I'm just eager to, to know what it, what it is and I'm sure it's going to be great. And then when I find out, then I can start asking questions. But when you say like, when you say that you're not worried, um, I really want to dig into that for just a second, because, uh, I think that is a very important thing for our listeners to hear, because a lot of times we worry about 90% of the shit that never happens. You just wasted so much time worrying about these things. I'd have this conversation with like somebody who has, you know, anxiety, has to carry that sucky feeling around with them. And there's ways to, to work through that. But business can give you so much anxiety, especially when you're leading businesses with the people or you're the one responsible for it, or if you're getting into financial problems or whatever, it can give you all this anxiety, but it's not going to help you get out of the situation. So you got to like shift that focus and focus on the things that you can fix. But you know, people think like, well, the what, you know, what fixes it is sales. Sales will fix the problem. This isn't a situation where sales could help, can help, but you need to focus on the actual business. Why would, why are you not worried? Why are you not worried? Or why should, why should these contractors who are smaller, even listening to the podcast, why should they not be worried? Well, I mean, experience, right? So I've been through challenges uh, several times in my career in 2008, I had sold some companies that I had to ARS, and I, um, and I'm part of the deal, I had an earnout. And if you recall, 08, 09, and 10 were difficult years yep. to do anything business at all. And so my earnout was based on the uh, the growth that I provided during those three years. And you know, we just dug into the details. You know, we had three days a week, uh, metric calls with the managers. And we were drilling into every opportunity, sharing best practices, cut here, cut here, say this, don't do that. Here's opportunities here. Here's other marketing opportunities, for instance. And we just, we just took it. You know, we took the market. We, uh, you know, when everyone else was contracted on advertising, I went full throttle. Yep. You know, we just uh, became the brand. In Vegas, I, I built a company called Yes, Yes Air Conditioning Plumbing, and uh, I guess they're electrical now, but uh, um, we just full throttled in Vegas and just grew at a 30% KGAR between 8, 9, and 10. And so I still think the opportunities out there, you know, we have more sophisticated competition than more than ever, but it's not, uh, you know, there's nobody taking, you know, taking our lunch. Right. So drill in and go, put your head down and go to work and go get it. Yeah. And f making sure you got like the right partners have been more important, right? Like, the, like we have a lot of sophistication at Rhino. We also have 15 years of doing this shit in this exact industry to know how to go to battle. Like we are prepared for battle, like, but, but we have the tenure too. Not that, not that I can work with everybody that, that's listening, but there are other partners out there that know the industry well enough that they can give you a good go. At, you know, at being successful too, but, um, because you may only, you may, you, if you just think like, well, I can't compete with their budget. Well, you might be right, but there's other ways around it that you can use your budget to be successful with. And it might be a more specific, you know, market that you hit on at a specific time frame that you're doing it. Like there's things that can be done to max, you know, to try and max your opportunity regardless of, of budget. If you sit down and you think about how many, the weight, the waste that goes on these kind of businesses, you probably see it better than a lot of people because you understand, you listen to phone calls, right? right. <clears throat> so think about, you know, just, you got the opportunity to attract them, attract them to your business for a call digitally or whatever. They get on the phone. What's the breakdown there? Huge. Yeah. Every company I've seen is huge breakdown inside of that. Then you go to keeping the call. Once you get the, once you get it booked, are you going to keep it 
Are you going to be able to man the call? Are you going to be able to get there on time and keep the call in, in queue? And then when you get there, are you going to carefully execute the game plan with the customer and achieve some sort of, uh, you know, contribution to the business from there? But if you look at, if you dig into the numbers, most businesses I see, they're buying 100% leads from you, let's say, and they're only running, at the end of the day, 50, 60% of them, right? Yeah. And maybe even less, less, Yeah. maybe even less that, that actually create any revenue. Yeah. I mean, think about all the activity that goes on just to run a third of the calls that you actually bought. You yep. know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's, and that's where I'm headed. Like somebody just made a, oh, it was a, a post that you, you had responded to in one of these groups around new lead booking. No shit. I forget what. Well, there was a post in one of these groups. It wasn't the one that you posted on. The one that you posted on was a brilliant string of a lot of business advice in one of those groups. But this one was around specifically booking rates on new customers only, not not the not the overall booking on like the net new customers, which is a metric you absolutely should be paying attention to, very close attention to, especially right now. Every call counts, especially when the majority of revenue comes from brand new customers. Oh. By the way, <laughs> there's that. <laughs> so when I look at like, you know, because we listen to every single call, you know this, but some of the listeners might not. At Rhino, we don't just generate the lead. We listen to the calls to to know, one, was it legit a brand new customer? Where'd the lead source come from? Who's the CSR that took the call? How'd the CSR perform on the call? You know, did they book the call? And then ultimately, uh, if they closed it, what's the revenue and attached to it? So we can see it from search to sale. Point being is when we average out the booking rate for uh, net new leads across all Rhino customers on just new, take a crack at what you think the actual booking rate is. Not, not the, not the actual close, whether they close it or not. I'm just saying book it and getting in the door. Take a guess on just what a new or what the booking rate is for new business on a monthly basis. Is that booked? So you booked to the door, but are we taking out uh, cancellations? No, just straight booked. We haven't even gotten to that part to see if it cancels yet. Just straight booked. I listened to the call. Cool. CSR booked it. Book to book to run. Book to run. Fifty percent. Forty-one percent is the average. Forty-one percent is the average across all those customers. Wow. So so, but this is why I did the same thing. This is where I was like having these conversations with you is when it was thirty-eight. It's been getting a little bit better, but that's why I ended up bringing a CSR coach and developer a coach in house. So I could control that for the contractors because I'm we're pumping out all these CSR coaching notes and giving it to them every month. And guess what they're doing with it? Nothing. Nothing. You know, it's always interesting to me. <laughs> and I'm not saying I'm any better at this, but I want to get it out for everybody else. Why is it that one of the most important positions in the company is that CSR who's going to book the call? Right. And but we we you know, we put them at poverty level to work for us, right? <laughs> like, why aren't we hiring $25 an hour capable people and their customer service, really customer service representatives of the company? And they're really focusing on booking the call and, and providing the, the first great experience they'll have with the of first of many great experience you'll have with the company. But we just, you know, we all typically go and say, you know, that's a that's a entry level position, and it's it's got to be one of the most valuable positions, especially when you're talking forty one percent. Absolutely. Right? But how, how long have you been saying that exact same thing though? Well, just a year or so. Yeah. Maybe same. May, maybe uh, maybe thirty <laughs> thirty years. So it's still a problem. Like a perfect example is we, when we brought Liz on board to to lead that charge on CSR coaching. One, it was selfishly for myself because I wanted our our own contractors who are on who are rhinos to book better. Because if they grow, I grow. So that is the reason I created that service in-house, was I could also control it. But here's what happened. Like when we beta tested it with the NER folks up in Utah, which is we're talking thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of calls. Um, even with as sophisticated as a program that they are, and they're really, really good up there. We are still able to grow that thing 2% in like the first two months. Well, 2% of thousands of calls is a big ass number mm -hmm. and the revenue attached to it was huge. So we kind of use them as our monster and we use Rusty's business over in, uh, um, over in California. Mm -hmm. We care. So to, to, to proof a concept, to what it would it work. And it did. So I'm able to see that transition happening. And so we started implementing that across some of our other 
contractors too. So I could start watching that average grow a little bit because that's me also trying to help them work internally, but in turn, like it does help me too. Makes sense. So I've been talking about it forever, but that is the solution. Like if you just focused on that alone, I guarantee you, and you don't even have an excuse because all you got to do is have like two simple tools, a call tracking number and a human being to listen to it. If you got those two things, you can fix a lot of things in your business. Yeah. Well, when the managers get slow and they start digging in and listen to calls, you know, they'll pick up business every day. Right. But let me ask you, what do you think the real mark could be? What, what is defined true potential? If it's 41% today, what is really true potential? Um, well, we have, we, we have some that are in the mid fifties, you know, um, if you're in the mid fifties, by the way, on brand new customers, that's really good. That's really good. Yeah, have, you, have you looked at other see. industries? Barrett? So yes. Um, some, some are like, you know, I'm in the roofing industry, much different story there. Um, it's a little less sophistication. Um, and especially in the answering side of things too, if they answer, uh-huh. uh, or <laughs> is another thing. So, um, there's still some work to be done, which is encouraging for me because I know how to go help fix it, you know, and it's, and it's been a fun industry to, to play ball in, but at least in HVAC and plumbing, electrical, like that number still rings true. But think about this. If you go from 41% to mid fifties, it's about a 30% increase in call volume just by paying more attention and, and coaching your CSRs and doing it right. That you're treating a 30, 30%. <clears throat> yeah. And that you're treating as a, you know, they're paying $12 an hour to, or whatever you, whatever you're, you're paying them. It, it's, it, it's never been more important. If you, if you're looking for something to do because you're not busy, that's what you need to focus on right now is that piece. And again, you got no excuse because a call tracking number is a very, very, very cheap to get. And then you just got to listen to your own calls. The benefit that we have is, we listen to every one of them. So we hear every single call, you know, and that way we can give the coaching at the same time of getting the reporting that we need to find out. So I'll, I'll bet you I met, I'm sorry. No, I keep I'm interrupting done. your last. No, it's okay. I can, I, I know you well enough to know when you have made a transition in your brain and I see it. So I can't tell you how many guys that I've known over the years or operators um, who were struggling, contemplating, giving up, and they sat them their ass in the middle of the contact center for one year, two years, and fixed their business by that one move. You know, you want to talk into drilling in the details uh, during this, uh, what'd you call this current? Uh, unstable, unstable market. Unstable market. Put your ass in the, in the call center and uh, you'll find out, one, you'll find a ton about, uh, you'll find a ton <laughs> up, you'll find a lot about your business. And two, you'll find a lot of opportunities inside there. Yeah, then you got to do something with it. And by the way, what you think you will save and not using a CSR coach, <laughs> you lose significantly more by not doing it, by yeah. not just fixing. And you got to do it consistently too. Like you can't just do it for a little bit and then it fizzles out, especially if you have turnover, which by the way is a whole other a whole other story because that's got the high turnover in that position, but doesn't need to. So, but yeah, you have to still look into inside and keep chipping away at those little things like that. I guess the question is, is uh, if you pay a $15 an hour CSR versus a $25 an hour CSR, will the 25 uh, outsell the 15 and make a profit? Probably. Right. And maybe it's not all about just what you pay them, but just in terms of the caliber experience and training of that person and who you can get when you offer the, more competitive style. Cause you know, some people will get annoyed. You're like, Oh, I'll pay, pay them more with like no explanation on behind why yeah, you pay yeah, them, yeah. pay them more. Um, this is an instance where it's easy to make the case. E- even if you did a tiered structure where you gave them a, uh, based on their booking rate, if you book at X percent, you can have this kind of a kicker. Like I'm just saying, if you're looking for a lower risk way to ease into it, not saying it, it's, I'm a fan of it, but if you just pay them more, the, the extra 12 or 13 bucks, you're going to pay them to get them to $25 an hour. Uh, you will see a significant increase in sales. And by the way, that's the one you should really be cared about. You should really be caring about. Yeah. We've tried different incentive plans over the years for our contact center, but I'll say it, it has a tendency to create bad habits, you know, where, you know, their, their motive becomes booking the call and getting their commission Re- as opposed to quality. Yeah. It gives up quality. Gotcha. Yeah. And so, I'd rather just pay a little bit and say, just be a great person to our customers and make sure that you shepherd them into our 
fold. Yeah, and our flock. Yeah, there you go. And to your that's, flock. That's a 4-H thing. It, it, a Come herd. 4-H. <laughs> flock. Well, yeah, mean, that's, that's a bird, right? 4-H <laughs> four, four is the four-leaf clover, and it's all like hog livestock. You know, I don't know about flock. Flock would be what we call us Cardinals fans down here, you know, mm-hmm. us losers who still cheer for the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> well, um, here's what we're going to do, too. Our, we're probably getting roughly close to an hour into this thing, too, somewhere around there, 50 minutes or so. Um, and time always flies with Ken in, in, the, in here, too. And uh, I know we ran this one live, which is the first time I mean, you've done Well, no, actually, it's not the first time we've done it live. We did one live before. A few, year, few years. It was Ask Ken Anything. That's oh, been, yeah. That was in 2020. So, uh, but this this was a live one that we've done. So everybody who's been watching online, uh, I'm still getting used to doing it live. So I probably should have addressed people more like that. But um, remember, Ken's going to be speaking. At, you're actually speaking at Service World Expo as well, aren't you? I am, yeah. yeah. So that's here in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, I will be there, I think, only one day to hang out. Um, but then you're also speaking again like at Pantheon, like I said, on the, on the 13th at 1045 with Tom Howard on some of your um, – like tuck in acquisition, not tuck in. What'd you call it? Tuckins. Yeah, but I thought you'd call it something else that sounded like new age, even even cooler. Anyway, around um, that, and then I'm on at uh, on day twelve with, at nine forty five, and and Ken will be joining me as my special guest. That's what I asked him to put on the uh, description. Was you're my special guest? I'm speaking with you. Yes. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> God, I hope you're kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay, good. I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you are speaking with me. Um, it's actually going to be really, really easy. So you got the easiest part. I'm doing the majority of it. Oh, good. <laughs> Just ask me questions. I'm, <laughs> that's, really that's good what at, I'm, doing. I'm really good at that. That's what I'm doing. And it's around some of these same topics. But um, well, I will say this before we, we close this thing out. Is there any, any uh, parting words of wisdom that you want to share with anybody, whether it be around... Um, or that you just want to share, whether it be around what's your, this next phase that you're kind of in, or just something that they should be aware of. Like what's the final, like what's the final messaging from, from you today, Ken? So, um, I believe I, I set out a mission of learning, you know, be a constant learner in this industry since I've started day one. And, uh, you know, I've heard lots of stories. You've heard a lot of stories I've told about how I connected with people at ACA and they helped me here and, and got involved in this group and they helped me there. And I've just kind of, we've got into this community of giving back and helping, uh, everybody succeed and help, uh, the younger guys coming up, point them in the right direction because, uh, I clearly know what it's like when, you don't know which direction to go and you're floundering and drowning every day and how the stress it puts on you and your family and everything else. So, uh, I, I've always been on a mission of, of giving back. And so now with the, with the Facebook groups and social media groups and stuff where there's a lot of community going on, we're talking about the business. And again, I just can't, I got to learn, right. I got to get to get input. Um, I see a lot of guys coming out and saying, like I said earlier, starting their business or, struggling what do I do I can't stress enough everybody in in business should be part of a best practice group a mastermind group something where you you have access to business processes access access to education for you and your people access to a community of professionals that you can lean on I mean so much of what I've learned over the years has just been having friends in the industry and, uh, you know, hey, how do you do this? What are you doing there? Can I come see your shop? Can I send my accounting team over? This kind of stuff. You really have to put your business into that mode of operation and have everybody be curious and constant learners. Uh, that's the way you're really going to grow. And everybody that's scaled the business in our industry will back me on that they, because we've all kind of come from these best practice groups. So be a constant learner. And, you know, take this time right now when we have the, what do you call the economy again? Unstable Unstable market. market. Um, you know, take this time when you don't have a call for your guys or one of your guys. That's a training opportunity. Terry Nicholson uh, taught me that years ago. That is a training opportunity. If you got nothing to do, start training and get them, make sure that they're more precision and precise on every single opportunity with the customers so you can make something out of it. It was really easy the last few years. You know, we're all business geniuses when the, when COVID happened and the world <laughs> shut down, we we're the greatest 
we're the greatest businessmen in the face of the earth. Well, now when you got to go work for it, it's a whole different story. So, you know, make sure that your team can execute on every single play. That's your job right now. That's how you go find the money. Also, by the way, let me ask you this question. In terms of the shaky market, do you believe that we pulled forward a lot of demand in terms of replacement sales in HVAC? Did we pull it forward and, and, and even plumbing maybe uh, in 2021? Absolutely. Yeah. So do you think that that's, you know, we're feeling an aftershock of that? Uh, I think that that is also a factor in all the other things I mentioned. Yeah. 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 Well, in our perception of if <clears throat> the re I did this podcast, I think it was like a month or so ago, that was that I shared the demand numbers pre-COVID to like get us back to basics. Like, hey, we, we did pull it forward and we had a great run and I'm, I'm grateful for our industry overall that we had that and my business as well. But if you look like at 18 and 19 and you can start to measure your results right now compared to 18 and 19, that's probably a little bit more realistic of a, of an example or of a comparison. Like a, you can't just do a straight year over year without taking those, like the, the two massive years or three massive years into consideration because your expectation of, well, in 2021, I was growing at this rate. Now I'm only growing at this rate. Well, what were you growing in 18 or 19? Like that, to put it back into perspective a little bit. I think that's, I think that's causing a lot of problems still. I think that's a very, very good way to look at it. As a matter of fact, our PE partners even have done that analysis and you're spot on. But it makes sense now, right? Because you're thinking you take out the anomaly that is those three COVID years, because that wasn't normal. Good for you for making the most of it. You know, if you, if you, a lot of companies went like had some big scale, like little two guys, two million guys with eight million, like Bueller's a great success story. You get, you know, Jason mm-hmm. built that business and he did, but he focused on not only sales, he focused on the CSRs, he focused on it. I think you had, you had a conversation with him. He took that, went back and like immediately made some changes and that helped. Like he was just chipping away to all the little things that you were just talking about. And he didn't lose sight of the fact that we, he knew we were in a special, a special time, a different time, and he maxed the opportunity. But he didn't lose sight of the fact of that wasn't normal. And that takes a lot. Like, it's hard to not get so no, caught not, up in that. Yeah, that's some discipline. And by the way, what we talked about on the podcast with Frank from Service Champions is I've always admired Leland Smith's dedication to his club membership program. I mean, the whole business was centered around that. And, you know, what I realized, if you're going to if you're going to run in a market like Southern California, where you got no weather helping you at all and people can can take or leave air conditioning, they can open the windows at night. You know, that's a hard deal. And so this guy has was the whole business was centered around the club members, club members, club members. That's very, very important right now. And keep those take take care of those customers, not to mention you know, all the new technology out now, like smart AC, smart for AC instance. Great. Yeah. And, and how are you going to apply? Think about this. If you have a, what's the market called in? Unstable, unstable market, but you, now you've implemented tech inside your business. So you don't have to run a tech, a truck roll, but you're still connected with your customers and you're still, you know, <clears throat> providing service to them. You know, that's the kind of way that you got to look at it now. And by the way, just go back and look at, like you said, go look at your 17 and 18 financials. And uh, you're probably pretty proud of them back then. And just say, that's the new world order today. Let's go. That's actually really great advice. Yeah. Go back to that. Go back to whatever like that game plan is with the knowledge you have now and, and go block and tackle and execute that way. Right. Yeah. You mentioned smart AC. I'm having him on um, in a few weeks because I think it's brilliant. Um, and it's just another way to go and start to chip away if you're a contractor to, to utilize this service to try and lock down that, you know, membership customer or your customers. So can't wait to bring him on and talk about it. It's exciting. I hear, I get pitched on stuff all the time, but that smartac.com or smartac stuff is pretty, pretty cool. No, I think it's a game changer. Yeah. So it's blocking and tackling and innovate. Blocking and tackling, innovate. Inside of blocking and tackling, train your people. Train, train, train. Awesome. Well, Listen, man, I know it's a pain in the ass for you to drive up here to, <laughs> to my office. So thank you for coming on again. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I got to have you come in and check out what we've, you know, what we've, what we've done in here. Yeah, I'm really proud of you, man. You thank guys, you. You, you and your wife have built a great business. It's beautiful. And uh, 
certainly an industry leader and you've done a great job. Thanks, man. I, I really appreciate that. <laughs> that made me feel so good. That was, I was guilty for your jab I gave you. <laughs> no, no really, not. I'm seriously, I don't want to diminish it. You've done an incredible job. You know, you, you've got the entrepreneur eye. This is your art yep. and your art is pain. Great job. Thank you. Appreciate it. And really it all comes from, I mean, like, I'm also trying to find solutions for, for these contractors too. That fills my cup. So I kind of preach this reputation over revenue thing. Like some people might call bullshit. That's how you know, that's how I am. I'm, I'm about that. If I do it right, the revenue follows and that's what's happened. I built a, I doing good is good business. Yeah. Very clear. You've done it. Thank you. Um, likewise. So I can't wait to hear what you got going on. So, um, Anyhow, for our listeners too, like anytime Ken comes on, there's always a wealth of knowledge that comes out of him too. And you just, I mean, what, I, what I like is just to ask open-ended questions and let him, let him roll and see what he says and then see where it goes. Because I like to just like, I like seeing where you, what path you're going down in your brain, where it ends up. Because there's always good stuff in that too. And I could tell you got on one there for a little bit too. So it was cool. I appreciate you coming back in here and sharing. You know what I've learned over the last like month and a half or so as, or excuse me, three months or so as I've brought on a private equity partner myself, I assumed the CMO role of EverService. So I'm still the CEO of Rhino. So all I do is basically just add more workload to, to me is my time has never been more valuable than it is today. How often, I'm looking at our production team. How often do you guys see me? <laughs> never? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm burning the candle at both ends right now. I'm having fun because I'm learning and I'm, and I'm educating myself at a different level, but it's also helping me understand how to do better here. I thought, I mean, I'm doing good at Rhino, but it's making me better at Rhino. I'm looking at things differently from another lens because I'm learning, which is also, it turns out to be better for the, the staff, my employees, as well as the contractors, our customers. So like, it's a fun time right now, but shit, I am tired. It is a lot of work. A lot of hours and every minute counts. Yeah, well, when you got, when you're accountable to people other than yourself, you know, for me, when I'm accountable to somebody other than myself, I find myself working harder and, you know, because, um, you know, we can let ourselves down, right? Yeah, right. It's something we're not supposed to, but, uh, but the good place, the, 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 you're looking at the right way. This is a great learning experience that you wouldn't have otherwise, right? And you can apply that learning and to your next venture or next opportunity and make something great again. Yep. Well, and I get to learn, like you and I have had a lot of really great conversations over the years too. And just the way that you think about the business, I learn from it. You know, like I learn from it. And maybe it's not applicable to me, but it's applicable to my customers. What's the, now what's the parent company? Everservice. The RP is Sunstone Capital. Uh-huh. Everservice is the name of the company. They, um, they are, it's just, a, it's a newer name, right? That's of, of who bought it. But my um, CEO, Jeff Mosler, is the guy who's CEO at GoDaddy. Dude, just like my weekly meetings with them are just a student session. I'm just like learning, you know, and which is great. The board meetings, I got, I had to go through my first board meeting. That was great. Different. What, what are the, what are they, what does Ever Service do? So Ever Service is basically end to end solution. So how, how kind of make it easy for you? There's, there's a, the home services space. There's the legal space, and then there's healthcare, uh, more so dental. And what it is, is now a full digital marketing company with booking solutions. So think end-to-end. So it's end-to-end for legal, end-to-end for home services, end-to-end for healthcare. That's the game. Works for me because I had everything but the booking services. But I have all the people listening to the calls, and I have the CSR coach in-house, so it was easy easy for me. And then my sister company in, in home services is Blue Corona, another Company's been around for, you know, the same same age as us, only working in home services, same size as us, but different. Like it was a, and I've been friends with the owner for a long time. What's the uh, what's the book to calls ran through EverService team? The book through calls ran. What do you mean? <laughs> or book to a book to job ratio we talked about earlier. Oh, so you mean like the on the CSR coaching mm-hmm. on new leads? So they're the ones that are they're the ones that are in the fifties for us. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I appreciate you teeing that one up for me. Now, is that, is, <laughs> is that like, are they counting the dental appointments? No, that was just, that was just home services. Oh, okay. So I have some things to learn still in the dental space, in the legal space, but they have their own. Like, so but I'd start, I mean, I've only been in the role for two months. 
I mean, I like, you know, I like the, you know, 30% increase from what you know is the static number to mid 50s. I like that. But it seems like to me it should be more, right? It should be close to 80, right? It can, so what am you, I missing? You can get up there, but we're talking net new customers. It's not, we've only tested two. Right. So, so far, like far, for of my own customers and they're a pretty well-oiled machine. So there was a whole lot of room to grow, but there's still room to grow. So now we're just working into this phase of how can we take those that are the forties and get them into the fifties on new. We still got, I can't wait. To, I still have more months to go to see what can we accomplish with it. So, but to have that kind of jump that quick, I'm super pleased with it. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, that, that changes the complexion of a business immediately, right? Yep. You get a 30% bump of calls. Without a, another with, dollar spent. With, yeah, with the same money. On the, yeah. Yep. So we just did a podcast with her, and she shared some of those numbers a few weeks back. So if you go back to the podcast episodes, maybe three or four ago with uh, Liz Patel, she shares some of those specific numbers on what she's been able to accomplish both on overall and on new business to, get, to at least give you like a frame of reference on what's out there for you to be able to accomplish internally. So... All right, man. We're way past an hour. By the way, are you, do you do you run the uh, in that metric? Do you run the do you run the online submissions mm -hmm. or is this CSR? Uh, all of it. So, so you're counting online and CSR together. So, or, or whatever other means. So, it, we're new still customer contacts you, and we ran the call. It's all in the one bucket. Correct. Yeah. So you got any thoughts on the, sorry, you got any thoughts on the online, like what, what that one particular channel converts to? So don't know. Um, but I do, I have been paying attention to chatbot versus human being, uh, in that space because everybody's trying to lean towards AI and chatbots. And I understand why, um, when you, when you can't answer certain questions and you can tell it's a chat, it's a chat bot, uh -huh. then you, you're uh, pretty close percentage or booking percentage significantly decreases if it's some of the basics you can get it you can get it through but the human being piece side of it's still better it will change it will flip um but right now i'm just i'm trying to pay attention to that i mean for me it'd be so much easier if i didn't have to have 70 call listening and reporting agents listening to phone calls and they're all here in the u.s so you know they're not i'm not getting it you know it's not cheap it costs me a lot but look at all i'm catching from it and now with the addition of ever service now I can also control more of the uh, chat stuff, the nonverbal, the, the nonverbal um, lead volume that's coming in and the booking rates, but I'm still learning from it. Like so, I'm just new into it. So EverService will manage your contacts? It's actually Nexa. So Nexa is the company that they that they own. So never, EverService is drive. Oh, they own Nexa. Yes. Okay, so they're driving that, and you're running mid-50s just for mine, like they might even be doing more just the ones for, for that I've tested out so far. So, well, maybe you can answer the phones for me. <laughs> well, another conversation. So, uh, if that's a lot of phone calls, we're equipped for it, but, um, and he's based out of David, David is the new leader of that business. And he, you would really appreciate, uh, you would really appreciate a conversation with him because he kind of speaks your lingo except he's not as funny as you. I've been noticing you've been cracking more jokes in some of these groups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does it scare, does it scare anybody? <laughs> but if, if it does, I don't know about it. <laughs> but, uh, to me, it's funny, so I just... <laughs> hey, once I get this done, uh, actually I heard, heard Paul Kelly say this the other day that he's going to go into stand-up. And I thought I'm going to go and stand-up one day, but so maybe we can do like a group act. Oh, I'm sure it'll be really good. <laughs> He's pretty fun. He's got good jokes. PK's yeah, got good jokes. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you guys can uh, break that in at, at Rhino X 2024. What are you saying? The uh, P Paul, the PKKG stand-up uh, live. You never know. <laughs> By the way, you're coming to Rhino X 2024 again, right? Got sure. It. Yep. Of course. Perfect. All right. We got to go. All right. All right. I appreciate you coming on here, man. I really do. Thanks, man. Enjoy Thanks, it. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. All right. Hey, listeners. Hopefully you appreciate that episode again with KG. Um, always has a ton of stuff to say. If you're going to Service World Expo, make sure you go check out uh, and meet him. Like, don't be afraid to go up and say hi to him. I promise you, he'll talk to you. Do I He's talk not... too much? No, man. Okay. You know what it is is that you, get, you people are intimidated to come up and talk to you. Um, it's so weird because my brain just keeps going. I like I'm thinking, how do I know all this shit? <laughs> well, 
we've recognized that since this podcast is already 15 minutes later than when <laughs> we're going to stop it. <laughs> you want me to stop now? <laughs> but make sure if you want to SWE that you go and see him or, or Pantheon, either one of those two, go, go check him out. Go say hi. Don't be afraid. I promise you he'll talk to you. So I always appreciate you guys listening. Listen, we talked about a lot of different things, CSR coaching, getting the right answering services. Uh, I mean, there's all this different, all these different things that you can, that you can do. Oh, oh my God. You know what I just thought about is you're asking me about the call coaching, not the answering service side of things. And and those are two completely different. All my CSR coaching is done in-house at Rhino. That's my own team. Right. You're probably wondering what the hell I was talking about. No. Okay. I got it. Anyway. So there's the answering service that, that Nexa handles and the The, booking service. They're doing mid fifties book to run. We Rhino is not Nexa. Sorry. I was crossing the two. I forget. We do all that stuff in house. I think I confused myself. Why I just now thought of that, I don't know. Oh, so you know. have clients that you've got in the mid-50s yes. from 41. Correct. Okay, cool. Gotcha. And that's my team in here that's doing that. Okay, so you're not actually answering, you're coaching. Yes. Okay, cool. And okay. they are answering, Nexa is answering the phones, and they've got their own metrics that they're using, but we're feeding information to them, too, when we have mutual customers because they're doing the answering services for either overflow after hours or even outbounding. So we're marrying the two together to try and make it this exceptional service. So I just have the CSR coaching in house at Rhino. Okay, cool. All right. I don't want to take us down a path, but it just clicked. So I thought I better, better put that out there. So anyhow, listeners, you don't have to do everything, but you got to do something. No zero days. Listeners. Thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really, really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, It's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review and be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.